Certified Leader. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. Gold Leader standing by. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Good. Very quick with that, Steve. This is Streaming Things, a very popular, much-loved podcast about TV and film. What we do here is we dive deep, balls deep, into various films and television franchises and try to pick apart um, what they mean to us, obviously, how things go, find some Easter eggs, a little cultural relevance, and uh, just riff and have a good time because we love things like that. We're so good, we bullseye womp rats in our T-16s back home, just for fun. (laughs) That's what we do. That's what we do. (laughs) And this episode, These as are you, deep cuts, as you, <laughs> I'm taking this. If you haven't figured it out yet, we are going to revisit Star Trek: The, <laughs> the Force Awakens, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, in anticipation for next week's release of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I'm sad that this is the last one. Jedi? I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then we might talk a little bit about uh, theories for The Last Jedi, what Star Wars means to us in general, things like that. We're just having a good time with the franchise. Uh, so that's what's up for today. But first, I wanted to read an email that we received just today from one of our dear listeners in California. We got an email today? We did. Whoa. Her name is Carmelita, and she wrote in to streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Hey guys, just wanted to say I've been digging your Punisher coverage. Mm. You are the only one. No. <laughs> I'm glad I, to see someone dead. <laughs> I grew up reading the Punisher comics, and I'm kind of a purist asshole. I was a little scared the Netflix adaptation would be disappointing. I started listening to your episode about episodes one through three before I made up my mind to watch. Aw. No. That's, that means a lot, honestly. Changing lives. <laughs> Friends don't lie. I trust One your Netflix analysis. property at a time. <laughs> I trust your analysis, even though I don't agree 100%. We're done. No. So hearing your initial <laughs> thoughts opened me up to giving it a try. I'm glad I did. Smiley emoticon. We're glad you did, too. That's not the end. I made it sound like it was. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I, I would like to know what, if they liked it or not. Looking forward to hearing your analysis of Star Wars and whatever else you're podcasting. Please don't give up putting out content during the Stranger Things hiatus. Oh, thank you. What was, what was their name? Carmelita. Carmelita, thank in you. California. And actually, I really needed that. I mean, our numbers mm. are not low per se, but they were nothing like our Stranger Things coverage, mm. uh, you know, regarding Justice League and the Punisher. And I had assumed... No one liked Justice League. <laughs> that was the lowest episode. I had assumed we had chosen poorly, but that our listeners were still loyal. But I had a fear deep down that they were never to return. So Carmelita's email really cheered me up a bit. And we were affecting some people, you know, because fear is not good. It leads to anger, which leads to hate, which leads to suffering, as Yoda says. Yeah. So wise words. <laughs> that's no good. Uh, Andy and I just finished rewatching The Force Awakens. It was my fourth viewing, I believe. Hmm. Uh, Andy? Uh, probably 10 or 11. 10 or 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. Steven. How many times have you seen Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens? Mm, if I had to put a number on it, mm-hmm. I mean, who can put a number on love? Um, but <laughs> I would say probably four or five times. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. So how about we start off with our first impression as we recall of the film and what we think about it overall now? Is that something a good spot to start? Mm-hmm. Okay, Andy, how about you? Uh, uh, if my numbers didn't give it away, I loved the shit out of it mm-hmm. when it came out. Um, all of the shit is gone. All the shit is gone. Uh, it rightfully gets some flack for kind of being a retread of A New Hope. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, it crosses the 
boundaries and it it spans generations you know what i mean like it sort of retells a story while simultaneously telling a new one it does it visually stunningly um it's a gorgeous film uh, it's funny it's heart-wrenching at times um and it's just something that i have continually just put on when like you know, you know those times when you just need something easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Not like one of those where it's like I just put this on in the background. Like that's the seventeenth really time that I've watched season three of The Office. You know, it's not <laughs> one of those. It's like I'm actually going to watch this, but I need something to where I don't need to come up with preconceived notions, or, or I, w- rather, have I want to have preconceived notions of what this is going to be. I know the roller coaster that I'm about to ride because I've been on it a bunch of times. I'm okay with the loop. I'm not going to get vertigo. I'm not going to get sick. I'm going to enjoy this shit. Um, and so that's why I watched it so many times. Plus, it's one of the only movies I own on Amazon Video. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, your first impressions and how you view the film now. First impressions, I absolutely loved this movie. I actually cried the first time. I cried twice watching this movie um, when I first saw it. Mostly because one of the reasons was when uh, you get the little flame thumbs up. Is that one of those <laughs> from BB-8? No, but I do have to say I'm glad you brought BB-8, BB-8 up because we need to speak about how she's America's sweetheart. Uh, it's a girl? That's why, I mean, I think it is. I love BB-8. She's my favorite character in the whole. Does it make you more comfortable to? Actually, fun, funny story. <laughs> I have to get this out. I'm so sorry no, I had to fine. cut you off on this because I'm so excited to say this. But at my wedding, my socks were BB-8 socks. Oh, So she's America's sweetheart. What were you going to say, Chris? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just asking if you felt like because your love is so strong that it makes you more comfortable for BB-8 to be a woman. I mean, if it's a dude, I'll let him thumbs up my butt. I don't care. <laughs> like, like, I With love the him. flame? Yeah. I mean, you can't. This, this fire burns bright. I mean... <laughs> With how we know you feel about Mr. Clark, I wouldn't think you'd be uncomfortable, but I just was wondering. I'm not at all. So BB-8 can also get it. Oh, BB-8 can get it. Already (laughs) Oh, yeah. She rolls into town and gets it. Okay, so you could say, uh, you you would both say that your love has grown with successive viewers. Actually, um, so I, I, I cried. One of the times I cried in the movie was because I was just so happy to see a Star Wars film done right. Sure. It had been a long time since I got that feeling of that I had as a child. Even like none of the prequels really like I enjoyed um, the prequels for what they were, except for episode one is garbage. But um, this was the first time where I was like, yes, this feels like a Star Wars film from my youth. And that's why I, I, I cried because I was just such a happy boy in that moment. Mm-hmm. And on subsequent viewings, I think that that level of that pedestal that I put it on when I first saw it has kind of lowered a little bit, but that still doesn't sure. mean I don't love it as much. Sure. So Steve, I just want to ask, did you see episodes four five and six then prior to the prequels release? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, uh, I remember where I was when I first saw episode four, a new hope. Where were you? I was on a boat. Where was the boat? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't really remember, like, no, go on. <laughs> so I don't remember the name of the lake. It was a lake in Ohio. But but, a boat with a TV. Yeah, it was uh, my stepdad's brother. So my step-uncle. I don't have a stepdad anymore. <laughs> my, Your ex-step-uncle. My ex-step-uncle <laughs> owned a boat with a TV on it, and he and his, or myself and his boy watched A New Hope on this little, like, tiny VHS TV that was on their boat and I was just amazed. I was six years old and I was just blown away and I you know that sealed my fate as a human being. (laughs) Did you have your swim trunks and your flippy floppies? No. (laughs) But I I, I wanted to go to Kinko's 
and flip some copies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> um, I also loved The Force Awakens upon my first viewing. Uh, we saw it on the premiere night in the theater with a big group of friends, and uh, many of whom are just diehard Star Wars fans. I actually am not. Uh, I, I love Star Wars, but it's never been like a huge thing for me. And I'm, I'm about to tell you something very sacrilegious uh, soon. But first, The Force Awakens. <laughs> um, I actually uh, very, very much loved it. The nostalgia was on high, but it wasn't like an assault and an insulting level. And I think there's a lot of good parallels between The Force Awakens and Stranger Things in a, in a weird way mm-hmm. in that they both have for what detractors they have it regards their homage as theft mm-hmm. right uh, i think that's similar between the two properties uh, whereas i think they don't get enough credit both of them for how difficult that is to do and how how hard of a line that is to walk um keeping homage homage instead of theft mm-hmm. um and jj abrams was given a, a monumental task of so much pressure um with the re- in respect to the fan base that star wars has sure. you know and i'm, I'm sure he was just drinking a lot at night you know throughout this whole process this is either going to make or break my already illustrious career and in some ways i think taking on the star wars helm was a risk not worth it you know he was kind of already the sequel guy you know like he just gets Mm -hmm. brought in to either do the second or third installment of an already established franchise or reboot something right yeah as far as like jj abrams originals those are on tv and that's pretty much it and in many ways i think the force awakens is a bit of a reboot Mm -hmm. as opposed to a sequel unfortunately you know and which again is well i I think a lot of people i you know i totally see where people come from where they're saying it's too much like the original uh a new hope Mm -hmm. um but in a way i think that is a conscious decision that they made because a lot of people were had such a bad taste in their mouth from the prequels that this was disney's way of saying okay we're making this new trilogy it's going to be way more like the original trilogy that everyone knows and loves don't you nerds love this? Be nostalgic because we're moving on from here. Yeah, they wanted to like, reinstill trust. Yeah, it's it's their trust move was was like, see, we we understand what made the first film work. We're going to kind of remake it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think the real judgment to be cast in that scenario should be after Last Jedi comes out. Because if Last Jedi is just a rehash of Empire, then yeah, I think the... The criticism is valid, but I think it really was, like you said, just a way to reestablish trust by saying, hey, we know what this is. We know what makes Star Wars successful, and we're not going to have fucking Jar Jar. Uh, (laughs) It it feels more like a Star Wars film Mm -hmm. than any of the prequels. Watching it uh, an hour ago, I mean, you've got the John Williams score and all that's Mm -hmm. the same, and the the swipe transitions, and uh, but something about it, it just, it, it, aside from the occasional beat by beat remake of a new hope. I mm-hmm. think it just, it feels so much more star Warsy. I feel yeah. like that, uh, all that goodwill that they earned with this, where they, you know, successfully walk that l- fine line of theft and homage will be entirely lost. If, um, the last Jedi opens up on a snow planet and yeah. I'm afraid they're going <laughs> to do that. I don't know. You remember the Tauntauns? <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> well, judging from the last Jedi trailer, the only thing I, the thing that worries me most is they definitely have walk. Uh, they're going to have a Walker battle with shittier with the resistance having shittier, you know, spaceships taking on these giant four legged mechanical walkers. Like yeah. that's going to be a major mm. set piece. I guess we should have said spoilers for the Force Awakens <laughs> and and the Last Jedi trailers and fan theories. Um, so if you're not interested in that, the last half of the show is probably not for you. Um, but that goes without saying at this point. But I just want to. Add a little goodwill for myself. <laughs> Throwing that for the A for effort on Chris. Uh, 
So, but I did want to say I had not seen episodes four, five, and six before I saw the prequels, and I oh, didn't really. I did not hate the prequels when I saw mm. them as a young boy. I, I think I was probably six, seven, or eight when I first saw a Phantom Menace. Um, I don't know what the year it was released, but uh, ninety nine. So we would have been like eleven. Okay, I was about eleven, so I had no Star Wars knowledge at all, um, and I remember owning the Phantom Menace on VHS very distinctly. Um, and I watched it a lot. And Andy and I, because uh, we we've known each other since we were just but young boys. We watched it dozens of times in, oh, yeah. in the successive movies. We owned all the toys. <laughs> I mean, I had massive amounts of the, uh, you know, the, the Jedi, but not the older ones. It wasn't Luke. You know, it was like the weird head shaped guy from the, you know, <laughs> Attack of the Clones. And, and I love this <laughs> stuff. You know, I had no idea how bad of an actor Hayden Christensen was. You know, I was 11. You know? Right. Was that the, the tall head guy with the goatee? Yeah. That's what your shadow looked like outside. Oh. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Kiati Mundi. Kiati Mundi. Oh, my God. There we go. <laughs> There we go. You guys don't understand. I'm a ridiculously huge Star Wars fan. We want that. We want you to add as <laughs> much to this conversation. Can, if you guys are like, what is this thing called? Just look at me. I'll be like, it's, it's that guy. That's, That's what I need. That's I was, what we need for this. I was telling Chris before uh, you showed up, I was, he was like, I'm not sure if we're going to have all that much to talk about. I was like, dude, I think all we need to do is just like unchain Steve <laughs> yeah, and just let him go. <laughs> well, I just meant in regard to The Last Jedi, you know, I took all these notes on Force Awakens mm-hmm. and you were like. I don't think that's what people want. <laughs> so it was partly in defense of my own effort. Like, I, I disagree. <laughs> hey, I still got like 15 pages of Justice League notes sitting somewhere, so I don't feel so bad. So Steve might scoff at me, uh, but... <laughs> Uh, There was a lot of debate for some reason that I remember over the past year or so about The Last Jedi. Is that a a coy reference to Rey or a reference, an obvious reference to Luke or what does it mean? Uh, And then I noticed on my fifth rewatch in the opening crawl, Luke Skywalker is referred to in that as The Last Last Jedi. Jedi. So I was kind of like deflated, like and also simultaneously mad, like. Why is everybody arguing? It's yeah. they kind of <laughs> told there. you who that was. <laughs> Have you read any of the the books and literature that are no longer canonical as far as Star Wars? Are you that big uh, of a fan? Yeah, um, I've, I'm actually kind of still butthurt about how those are no longer canon because I haven't. You know, because I've I've grown up and I have adult responsibilities, so I don't have as much time mm. to read all those things like I used to. So I am not as well versed in the new. Sure. The new stuff, but which is canon, which is canon. Man. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The new stuff is canon, but all the old stuff that I grew up with and like really kind of lost myself in uh, that stuff's not canon my, anymore. I friend, feel like I wasted my youth. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Brad Toll, uh, was talking about that because he's a huge Star Wars, huge Star Wars fan. Um, and it, it was the most I'd ever understood why is that Disney had done that so that coming up with new stories to tell in their films wouldn't be as difficult mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they could pull from those books without it oh, being yeah. like retreads and change things and so they had to just make it all not canon so they had more stuff to, yeah it, you know it makes sense it makes total sense because i was reading books that took place like 30 years after um the end of return of the jedi which is pro- which which is around Pretty the much time when on, the force yeah. awakens yeah, it's about 30 years after and there's so much like there's there's literally 30 years of books that kind of led up to the books that took place 30 years. So you had all this history that and all these adventures that these characters have been on. So it would have been impossible for Disney there's to have done that. There's actually a book called The Force Awakens, right? There's a novelization of the oh, movie. Yeah. Of the movie. No, I meant prior to its filming. I was just reading oh, um, a review of the film. Oh, talking is about, there? I don't know much about the literature of it. I just watched the films. but uh, <laughs> the, So the film to me, it starts off uh, with way too much exposition. Um was one of the worst I don't know it just they had to start a little clunky to get you in there 
Um, and, and, and Max von Sydow is amazing. It just, it just, the dialogue seemed weird between. To me, uh, she's royalty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but that does establish very deftly that he has a relationship, uh, not only with Leia, but then thereby Kylo that you see there in a moment. Um, I want to know more about that character because they establish him as being so integral to, mm-hmm. or he's at some point he has to be integral to those characters, but yeah. we just don't understand Who what is it he is. Besides, he starts to make things right. Well, what did you fuck up, dude? <laughs> like, what did, what did Lors Van Tekka do? What did you do, man? See, there he goes again with those names, man. That's craziness. <laughs> I IMDb that. So <laughs> I want to know, and I I don't feel like the film ever explains, and I don't know if they will. Where the fuck did that map come from? Because it's that like, was one of my lingering questions. You, you get the impression that Luke went away trying to hide. He went into seclusion, and he's like, "By the way, R two, can you make sure to?" Uh, keep a detailed map just in case yeah it's very strange and not only that so if you grant that luke did that for whatever reason how did they come upon it i think they actually describe where the map comes from in the new battlefront game do they really yeah oh is that the piece of knowledge that's going to be canon from the game because i'd heard there was something yeah do you know the answer uh i i don't know that it's from a planet i forget the i I don't know enough about the answer to make Mm. a concrete statement but i remember seeing because i watched the cutscenes of it because i didn't I'm not going to buy that game, but I watched yeah. some of the cutscenes, and there's a moment with Kylo Ren and the guy who gave the map to uh, Lord Svanteca. Oh, cool. So one of my biggest bones uh, with this film is uh, Finn, and I love Finn. He's mm-hmm. very charismatic. He's a fun character. He's got a lot of elements of Han Solo, which I think is why they gave him Poe's jacket. Uh, I think Poe and he together are both like a Han Solo, you know, spawn. Mm-hmm. Um and I love the fact that he is a defected stormtrooper. I think that's a great story. Mm-hmm. I just don't think his personality reflects someone who was raised robotically to be a killing following orders machine at all. Mm-hmm. He seems like ridiculously well-rounded, uh, funny, cute, childish, uh, sincere, like none of the qualities that I would expect for someone to just have had the most awful sure. upbringing in the universe right you know i mean i can imagine a stormtrooper raised from infancy to have none of the qualities that he i mean he is like someone who is like in first in pop culture and had loving parents and like i know people that have had all of those things good educations loving parents support network that are just complete shit bags yeah and Fen, you know what I mean? From from the get, as soon as he meets Poe, hey, buddy, you know, it's like, I don't I know. I think, and it's because it's a Disney film and a Star Wars film, but like, I would love to see like an Alex Garland version of the defected stormtrooper that's accurate, that's just like, you know what I mean? Just creepy, like watching people in the shower and like just <laughs> cutting himself and shooting heroin and like, you know what I mean? Death yeah. sticks. It bothers me that it's so, it's, it's, I understand why they did it because it's, he's a great sure. character, but the backstory doesn't track. What do you guys think? I don't know. I mean, I guess, did anybody from Hitler's youth turn out all right? Like in history, do we know that? And that's not even the same, though. Because sort of. I mean, it's indoctrination and being raised in, with a military mindset. Sure, but you could still grant that somebody in Nazi Germany had shown them kindness or taught them something or that they had read Shakespeare or Dickens or uh, seen the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, <laughs> something to, to give them grounded morality. Whereas, I mean, this guy, Finn's been raised in a vacuum. 
Uh, I don't know. I think you you have a good point. I think it would have been it would have worked if he starts the movie out a little bit more like straight lace, follow orders. Like I can't show emotion because it's not my duty. But then he meets Ray, and that and Ray kind of becomes his catalyst. Uh, catalyst of like, oh no, I I actually have a personality. What? I'm an individual now. I'm not just a mm. guy what is in this a suit feeling. <laughs> I look at Ray and I feel things. That's the way I felt <laughs> upon seeing her. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, Daisy Ridley is just absolutely captivating. Yeah, she uh, is. Again, she this is like the, not in like a sexy way. This right, very no, much is that. But yeah, she's great in this role. Watching that introductory scene with her climbing down the wall when she takes off her mask, it's just mm. I I was doing a lot of things because it's my fifth viewing, so I'm not gonna lie. I was lifting weights, I was scribbling notes, I was scrolling Twitter, reading Carmelina's email, planning, you know, doing a lot of things. But during that scene in particular, I, I was just like staring, mm. um, mm-hmm. absolutely entranced yet again, and I, so I had to write that down later like wow <laughs> she's a really good facial actor like I, I feel like a lot of her best moments on the screen are like when she is reacting to something else and like the way that she can adjust like you know the, the creases on her forehead and the way her eyebrows are shaped and then like smoothly transition from like fear to determination and stuff like that mm-hmm. like I don't feel like many actors can pull that off as she has well that she uh, exhilarating emotional watery eye look you know what i mean yeah <laughs> wow that's just the moisture in that girl's eyes that is impressive she she's a phenomenal when it comes to playing someone that's so fundamentally curious about the world mm-hmm. um right a childlike while at the same time mature yeah it's it's weird you, you that's perfect because it she does have this childlike wonder but it's not childlike it's very it's very mature and not of a child she's not like what's a spaceship yeah it's, thank god it's not wonder woman like what is sleep like yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> like, I, you I, speak like 148 <laughs> languages you know what sleep is <laughs> somebody i was reading a review prior to like an old review that was written in 2015 about the film and um the the author had described her as um just infinitely lonely within her obvious independence. Mm-hmm. And that just made so much oh, sense yeah. to me. And I, I was like, that is amazing that Ridley was able to to capture that. And I love that, that whole opening sequence where you're introduced to Ray, where she, uh, I, the one of my favorite moments in the film is when Finn goes to rescue her because she's being accosted by those bandits trying to steal BB-8 mm-hmm. and he stops America's halfway sweetheart. because she beats the shit out of him and he's like oh what the fuck damn <laughs> yeah. and then, then begins to run yeah. which is awesome <laughs> and he keeps grabbing her hand trying to be like the macho savior that any guy who has a crush and, and you know just societally jumps into the male role the, the doctor who keeps, thing yeah <laughs> shaking off his hand and eventually he's like stop taking my hand you know <laughs> and because she's faster and knows what's going on and i just love that about that they knew to do this you know um very 2017 it's so interesting that she got to keep her accent that's well, true because yeah. all, all villains in star wars are british actors mm. well we can talk about that more <laughs> soon um but as much as the, the finn backstory I hate. I, I loved how genius the blood on the stormtrooper mask in that mm. first village scene is, because yeah. not only does it image. characterize him and it's a beautiful, mm. gorgeous shot, but it's practical as well. So you can tell which one that is mm-hmm. in the stormtrooper suit, and you can a, sell that action figure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Do you have one of those, Steve? Not that particular one. Damn you! You should have brought it up. Now I do it's have some of them, <laughs> dude. I have like five Captain Phasma figures. 
Captain Phasma that's is cool, awesome. That's a cool. That's a cool look. Yeah, she was very uh, given very little to do. But I, know, I think fun. she's got a lot more action in the Last Jedi. So did you buy them before the movie came out? I did. <laughs> I did. It looked way cooler than it turned out. Uh, then we they see. They me again. <laughs> <laughs> we see uh, a lot of. I mean, we should, we could have done an Easter egg statement uh, segment on this whole film but the movie yeah <laughs> right the movie itself but then you, we never said that about stranger things like right. the show um the, uh, there's a down star destroyer which is pretty cool did i that's the right name right steve mm-hmm. it's a star destroyer yeah okay yeah. not to be confused with star killer base. like that triangular ship that's in the sand. star killer mm-hmm. base by the way is an awful name i can't stand it no matter how many times i view it or how much i love Do you this know movie. why it's called star killer base because it kills Stars, because it sucks the sun's energy, no, which is a star. It, that's an Easter egg in and of itself. Um, in the original script for A New Hope, it wasn't Luke Skywalker; it was Luke Star. Oh, Killer. that's right. I did know that, mm-hmm. which was terrible. I'm glad they didn't <laughs> do that. And it's also the name of the protagonist in the Force Unleashed video games. Yeah, Star totally. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I don't know. It's like Death Star, but someone else took it over and they wanted to do it's like, like the go bots of death star <laughs> they wanted to do like a, a low budget version and it was directed by spike lee and it's like it's the star killer you know like i don't know it's more than meets the eye <laughs> <laughs> wait what we're mixing some stuff here um and then there's so many sweet little character moments like we understand so much about ray immediately as she climbs down from the, the, the ship that she's scavenging, uh, we see that she's very nimble, uh, acrobatic, which is important. And we see her take out those bandits um, when Finn's watching. And that's important because later in the film, when she picks up a lightsaber and automatically is a very good fighter, it's believable be- mm-hmm. to me because she, we've already seen that she's very deft with a staff and, and she's a fighter. She's been a, she's a trained fighter. So just using a particular weapon isn't that strange to me. Did you guys find that believable when she's such a badass? The Mary Sue yeah. theory oh, totally. doesn't track with you because I don't. The, the Mary Sue thing never tracked with yeah, me. He's badass. Fuck it. Not only like the only one that I think you can kind of make an argument for is like, how does she know how to pilot so well? But then again, like it's not that hard of a stretch. Not to imagine. even that because she's young so... Anakin and the pod racing. I know you don't want to think about it much, Steve, but <laughs> it's a thing. The instinctual flight ability as a wizard. Yeah. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> I'm the only human that can do it. Um, yeah, I Sand love how badass she is. I'm an apologist. I still like episode one. Here's the thing. When I was 11 and I saw episode one, I loved it. Mm. But now I, the truth comes but out. But as I've grown up and like film became kind of like not only a Our passion lives. of mine, it became part of my life. I, I look at that movie and it, it, that movie actually causes me physical pain. It pains you? It caused, I was in a Star Wars class last year. In my last year of college, mm. uh, we had a Star Wars class and we watched all the films and had to like dissect In what them. order? Just kidding. Uh, it was by order of release. So we started with the original trilogies mm. and went back. Um, and when we got to Phantom Menace, it had been a long time since I'd seen Phantom Menace. And I was kind of like, uh, my buddy and I that was in that class were like, oh yeah, this, I mean, it's not that great, but I'm kind of excited to see it. I haven't seen it in a while. Right. And I'm literally in the, the auditorium just like, fucking kill me. This is, oh, I hate this so much. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Duel of Fates, though? I mean, Duel of, Fate, Duel of Fates is awesome. Dude, nothing Nothing John Williams does is bad. Yeah. He's the band. Bombad. I remember that. <laughs> you said guys bombad. <laughs> you said people gonna die, Annie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick again, by the way, guys. I'm sorry. 
used to have bombad illness. <laughs> bombad. Eusa. <laughs> but that duel though is so fucking epic. Dude, the, the lightsaber fight is sweet. The reveal of the double lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Episode one. Good things about episode one. John <laughs> the Williams. The uh, the lightsaber fight. Um, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, Ewan McGregor. I do like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, the casting. I do like the. Perfect. I do like me some Ewan McGregor. Uh, yeah, that's. That's it. Pod racing was pretty cool. Mm. Not gonna lie, mm. the race. I cool. had the toys. Yeah. I did too. Uh, him and Saputra. Sabalba. 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 The guy who walked <laughs> on his hands. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Little monkey man. Little slave boy. I'm gonna beat you in the pod race. <laughs> <laughs> He'll turn you into orange goo. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. But then we get later, uh, Ray has another beautiful character moment I'd never noticed before. Or maybe I hadn't, I'd forgotten it. She's scraping the parts that she had just scavenged to sell. And she looks over and there's like this ancient woman in her 80s doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And she sees like a vision of her future stuck on Jakku waiting for whoever dropped her off. Mm. Um, I don't know. And there's like some pain in her eyes and some confusion. Like, oh, wait a second. That's <laughs> going to be me. I don't want to do this for 60 more years. This is awful. Um, and I was like, that's amazing. That in this mm-hmm. giant blockbuster film that they had, they took the time to do what's really important and endear us to this character. Um, mm-hmm. So almost subconsciously, subliminally. I don't know. Very impressive. It's things you might not have noticed about The Voice Awakens. <laughs> uh, Simon Pegg gets a cameo as the, the junkyard, what's his name? One quarter portion. Actually, uh, Erdnot or something like that. It, I, I don't oh, know that guy's name. pretty quickly failed us there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It begins with a U. Just ask me anything. <laughs> Second question, I don't know. Quarter <laughs> portion. Um, then we get a rebel helmet and a downed AT-AT, right? Yep. Pretty yeah, cool. Pretty that cool. helmet is probably the sweetest scene ever when she's eaten and she puts on the the rebel. I was helmet. with you when we watched it the first time, wasn't <laughs> yeah, I? Yeah, I, I think so. You were loving that when she I put th- the helmet on and just Andy fell in did. love. I yeah, st- yeah. She's sitting there eating that Jello and the the, <laughs> the water roll. <laughs> <laughs> Giant helmet on. I love it. Aww. Apparently that that water roll that where they have like the liquid and it like blossoms yeah. into a roll. Apparently that was one of the more like challenging physical effects that they did really there's like a whole <laughs> like short little behind the scenes video just on that effect on how they did that thanksgiving was, was that and Star Wars. no it wasn't it was an actual practical effect Whoa. where they like at they simultaneously like inflated something while also sucking water and out drained it yeah yeah oh, it's brilliant yeah uh what is the science of understanding droid beeps the question I have perennially while watching Star Wars because random characters seem to perfectly understand the beep boop beep boops of like BB-8 and R2-D2 and it's really adorable but at the same time it's like what the fuck because <laughs> I get that C-3PO could communicate with R2 that makes complete mm. sense so what you're telling us is you don't speak basic <laughs> <laughs> no I can order a latte at Starbucks if that's what you mean <laughs> Uh, so Zing. nobody, you guys just, is that and, one of those things that we just grant? Yeah. And, uh, Ray can understand Wookiee. That kind of makes sense. Cause he's like a sentient creature and that's conceivably a language that she could either learn or intuit, but beeps I aren't, mean, aren't beeps a language. Technically I like, feel like she would and, see more droids than she would Wookiees. That does, yeah. that, that's a hot, like if dry she was place and that is a fur covered beast. I can't imagine they go there very often. Watch now. it, Andy. He can understand you too. 
<laughs> like if she was abandoned on Jakku when she was a, what, a toddler, like a three year old, she can't yeah. be older than like five or six. Like when when did when is she around Wookies enough to understand? You guys the, don't know how often Wookies go to the junkyard planet to grab some scraps. That's where they're. That's where they vacation. <laughs> Wookie, Wookie families go to uh, vacation on Jakku every every holiday they season. Sh- shave up and go <laughs> down there. Get my back. Uh, <laughs> Get my back. <laughs> I think the casting in this rivals any other Star Wars film of all time. I was mm. reviewing it. Look at this. Donald Gleason, mm. Oscar Isaac, mm. Max von Sydow. Who? Adam Driver. <laughs> and then they discovered can Daisy just, Ridley. Can we just say Max, Va- Max von Sydow sounds like a Star Wars character name? It reminds really me so much of the original Ben Kenobi that it drives does, me crazy. Yeah. Uh, was that Guinness? Uh, Alec like Guinness. Guinness. Yeah. Uh, I'm not done. John Boyega, <laughs> breakout stars. Bless you, Andy. Thank you. BB-8. Uh, <laughs> Andy Serkis, doing uh, the, one of the most legendary motion capture artists, doing mm-hmm. Snoke. And then Lupita Nyong'o of 12 Years a Slave fame, doing um, Maz. Maz. Kanada. Yep. Boom! I like Boom. that Wookiee. I like that. <laughs> that's one of my favorite small character <laughs> traits is her like infatuation with Chewie. Yeah. It's, it's really yes, funny. That's one of the best scenes. my boyfriend. <laughs> I like that Wookiee. And she's anyway, I, I imagine weird things when every time she says that and it's just where my head goes. Uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens was nominated for five Oscars and one zero. Just mm-hmm. going through some tidbits of research here. You guys can interrupt me at any time. It didn't win special effects. I do not believe so. Hmm, it didn't say any wins on IMDb. It just said mm-hmm. nominations. I'm just I could curious have what, what would have won. That year? Yeah, 2015. I don't know. I'm going to look that up. The Revenant wouldn't have won special effects. Um, yeah, that while Steve's looking that up. pretty intense, though. Yeah, true. That's very true. Uh, do you guys notice that TIE fighters are much more durable than X-Wings? Yeah. And in this I movie think it's really weird that they park them on their wings. I never yeah. would have thought that that worked. They should have had, like, extendable legs, maybe. Yeah, something. Well, when they're escaping look from really the base, uh, they shoot, fits, like, from uh, hand cannons at the TIE fighter a lot, and it hits it, and it doesn't do anything. And mm-hmm. Poe and Finn get out of there. But when Poe is on the dirt, the dirt planet... Uh, was it Jakku? Uh, yeah. So they shoot his X-Wing and it's just like done from a bullet. And he's like, fuck, and gets out of it. Mm-hmm. And they hit the engine. But, you know, I'm just thinking about it. This is a little plot stuff. But I was like, wow, those X-Wings are really vulnerable. I should design them more like TIE Fighters. Mm. Plus, they sound cool. They got that Imperial engineering, bro. That's true. They got more money. That's true. That could be you got it. the industrial complex behind Steve, them. Steve, what did your that. research yield? Uh, actually, it's another Oscar Isaac Donald Gleason film, Ex Machina. Yeah! Uh, which, Alex if you Garland. haven't seen that movie, that movie's fantastic. Fucking incredible. Uh, which, by the way, listeners, I want to take this moment. If you have any films that you find phenomenal in the past that you would love to hear us talk about, knowing how we do... We're all for it. Email streamingthingspot at gmail.com. I would mm-hmm. love for someone to write us. Like, please yeah. talk about Ex Machina. I know it's two years ago, but da 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 I would love that. Hmm. Uh, or, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Please do in Bruges. Like, fuck yeah, let's do that. And if Bruges we know enough great. people want it, we'll do it. Um, plot hole. Luke never told Kylo that Vader turned back to light before he died, which would have changed his perception of Vader quite a bit. And it's something you think Luke would have told him. What do you guys think about that? I feel like it'd be more likely to be something his parents would have told him because I mean, okay, he, he so had somebody would have told him, fucking Vader's daughter. You know what I mean? Um, 
And I, I'm wondering if maybe he does actually know that, and that's part of why he is afraid of being torn between the two worlds. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel the calling of the light, or whatever he says. That like he's afraid that he's going to pull a Vader and uh, ab- abandon his uh, his pursuit of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's one of those things where he definitely probably knows, but. Um, this Snoke character's probably got his claws into this kid. So he's like a huge fan of Vader, but he's one of those like, I really like his earlier stuff. Yeah. <laughs> his sophomore album wasn't that great. Um, Actually, have you seen, uh, there's a there's a guy on YouTube that does um, trailer reviews as Kylo Ren. And he did, a, like, I, I the last thing I saw him do, he did a trailer review of Rogue One as a, uh, Kylo Ren where it's like him sitting in the and he's like I'm gonna watch this trailer guys and then he's like every time the rebels show up he's like oh I hate them I hate them so much and then when Darth Vader shows up at the end of that trailer he's like grandfather did they get Hayden to come back and play grandfather that's bullshit grandfather I'm so gonna finish what he started um Bad blood between Hux and Ren, something I was really focusing on a lot on this viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like the two lieutenants that are competing for the love of Snoke. Um, and Donald Gleason, his performance is fucking incredible because he's mm. a sweet, sweet man. Yeah. But when he is shouting on Starkiller Base before they destroy those three planets. Oh, God. It yeah. is like epic. Like, yeah. I am like very close to joining the First Order in that scene. <laughs> I mean, just... It, that that was very reminiscent of like uh, when Hitler. you would see a Hitler yeah. speech mm-hmm. in Nazi Germany, and I think at one point someone said that in the viewing I was was like oh, Hitler much? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, absolutely. That yeah. That's but he had charisma. He was a great orator. People don't like to say that he's getting all red in the face. Yeah, and dude. There's he, like spittle coming out of his mouth, <laughs> and you can see even at the end when Starkiller Base is being destroyed, it's the fact that Hux is gone that the people start freaking out. I mean, he had a lot of a commanding presence over his troops. Um, and Kylo, there's a there's a scene when he's talking to Snoke right after Ren overpower Ray overpowers him with the Force, and he's kind of like butthurt in the way that Kylo gets. It's, she was super strong though, like <laughs> seriously, like whoa. And <laughs> when Hux comes in, it's the first time that you see Hux and Kylo without his helmet on, and Kylo looks almost ashamed, like he's not wearing pants because he turns around like, ah, oh, fuck. He sees my face. It's now. like his his bully cousin. And he's he's like, gonna Shit. make fun of my hair. I see my face. <laughs> I was, my nose is just big. <laughs> I have um, asthma and it helps with that. <laughs> my grandfather, I got it from my grandfather. <laughs> and then after, there's, I forget what happened. Uh, no, it's when the TIE fighters in the beginning, uh, I'm just writing down certain moments. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around so much, listeners. Uh, but in the beginning, when they're in the tent, it's Ren, uh, it's fuck, Ray, and Finn. And he hears the TIE fighters coming and he grabs Ren her hand. Ren is for like the, the third relationship time. couple name that's right. in the tabloids. <laughs> and, uh, he says, are you okay? And like the look on her face, because she's never had anybody that gave a fuck about her. She was a wee, t- you know, she's, it's worse than Tatooine on that fucking yeah. planet. She was basically raised by the guy that, you know, haggles her for quarter portions. I guess. Yeah. Which is awful. Um, I don't know, guys. Why don't the Rathtars eat Finn? Is another huge plot hole to me. You know, the Rathtars are the creatures that they are just on. just grab him and roll away. Yeah, so these are yeah. the creatures that are on, uh, not the Millennium Falcon, but Han Solo's freighter that he had been carrying for whatever reason that's comical. And they get released by accident by uh, Ray trying to set up the gas. 
and they eat everyone immediately. Just mm. dispatch both of these antagonist crews. But when they get Finn, they drag him throughout the entire ship until she's able to save it. Like for a while. They're digesting, bro. <laughs> you just you answer your question. They ate the whole other other group of guys. And they're saving two, this for later. The two guys that they that they ate at the beginning, aren't they actors from that one um, Japanese action film? Um, the Raid. The Raid. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know that it's Japanese for sure, but yes, uh, it's an awesome film, and there are two cameos there. I love that scene, though. I never borrowed any money from the Kanja Club. Yeah. It would tell that to Kanja Club. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs> I was in Snatch. Do you that like guy. dags? <laughs> I don't think he was in Snatches. Tell still. about the Conja Club. Um, Currently, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, he does not. So, yeah, let's talk about you. Han Solo. What do you guys think? Is this new Harrison Ford guy going to be amounting to anything, you think? I this think he's going to be a star. <laughs> Put the rocket strap on that kid. He's going places. <laughs> uh, it, it's so awesome that he was able to jump so seamlessly back into that character. Because if you watch interviews with old Harrison Ford, he's just like... Mm. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. He is a miserable fuck. He's a miserable fuck. <laughs> I really wasn't going to think I was going to He's like, when you meet him in real life and then you say, are you Harrison Ford? He is known to often say, I used to be. So there is a line that alludes to that in the film where she's like, you're Han Solo. And he's like, I used to be. So it's just like an inside joke about Harrison Ford himself, which I thought was cool. As a Star Wars fan, I have a love-hate relationship with Harrison Ford. In what way? Um, well, I love him because he's Han Solo uh-huh. and Han Solo's the man but i also don't really like him that much because he he fucking hates star wars yeah (laughs) and uh he finally got the death he always wanted he bad mouths it yeah and that was the thing is he wanted them to he wanted to die in return of the jedi Mm. but the but they wouldn't they wouldn't write his character that way and he was so mad about it and the only reason he really joined uh agreed to join force awakens because he was going to be killed off and he didn't have to deal with that shit anymore other than one more movie. And he made like millions of dollars. I just pictured oh, Harrison yeah. Ford spraying chrome on his teeth going, witness me. Witness me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, uh, so going into Force Awakens, my biggest concern with the movie uh, was Harrison Ford because mm-hmm. I knew how cantankerous and just over the whole thing he was. Um uh, and uh, actually, we were at a, a celebration, one of the Star Wars celebrations. It was the 30th year of Empire Strikes Back. And they're like, this whole thing, like, we've got all the all the people back from Empire Strikes Back. And it's 30 years and it's great. And, oh, we got a video from Harrison Ford. And, like, they show this video. And it's Harrison Ford, like, hey, uh, so, like, well, um, 30 years. Cool. <laughs> that literally was the video. I'm just like, all right, here's Ford, everybody. And it's like, what the fuck? Fuck him. Yeah. I mean, you got to think, though. I mean, it started his career, right? He was a carpenter at the time, I believe. And he had been in American Graffiti. Yeah, he was in American, American Graffiti. Graffiti. Yeah, but it, I mean, that was like a check. And then he went back to carpentry. Yeah, um, and he was he was the guy that uh, actors would um, cat. Uh, what do you call that? Try out? Or you're in a casting? Casting. When they, they would cat, he would always be the person opposite. Reading the lines. He was yeah. the reader. Did you know, I'm sure you do, that, uh, what's his name? Kurt Russell almost got the part? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been terrible. I think you can find that video. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's really funny. (laughs) It's really funny watching him read those lines. But you got to imagine, you know, cantankerous old fuck or not, having the first thing that you do pretty much be the thing that everyone wants to talk about, you know, 40 years later. Mm -hmm. You're just like, fuck you, man. You know? Well, there's also the thing where... Harrison Ford himself uh, admits to he hates sci-fi like he mm-hmm. hates that genre well fuck him 
<laughs> Which is why he has no problem when people are like, oh, dude, Indiana Jones, awesome. He's like, yeah, totally, it kicks ass, right? right. <laughs> but if you bring up Star Wars, he's like, fuck off, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Well, all of that aside, I think he jumped into the role yeah. and did it justice. You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? that, that, that's what really is important to I've me. I've got a hot take. Well, lukewarm take, maybe. Hey, Luke Skywalker. I think one. that Force Awakens, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I think that Harrison Ford's performance in The Force Awakens is his best Han Solo performance of any of the films. Mm. Boom. I think it's actually. You know, I would agree. More. Oh, really? Yeah. I Because I, I was kind of getting to this point and I got sidetracked, but. I was worried about him being in this movie, but he is so good in Force Awakens. He brings back that. He's the most alive and happy I think I've seen Harrison Ford mm-hmm. in my adult life. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's been such a miserable fuck for so long, and he seemed to actually enjoy being there. I don't know if he was. Maybe he's just like pulling his acting charm out, but he really brought a lot of joy and fun to the character, and then when it was necessary, some really heartbreaking and touching scenes. What's your favorite Han Solo moment in The Force Awakens, Steve? In The Force Awakens? Uh, it's probably when they're getting onto a uh, star killer base and Chewie kind of like, like does that. And he's like, Oh really? You're cold. <laughs> What's yours? Andy? How are we going to get in there? I think like we use the force. That's not how the force works. <laughs> yeah. That's your moment. Right? Um, no, my moment would have to be, um, the introdu- reintroduction of the character, um, stepping onto the Millennium Falcon uh, yeah. and Chewie were home. Um, when that was in the trailer, I cried. Yeah. And uh, it's still, I tear up every time it happens because yeah. it was just such a big moment, you know? I'm tearing up thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good moment. But I, I still Chills. I like that line where he says, "That's not how the force works." It, <laughs> I get an out loud chuckle every single time. It's true. Sanitation. Um, I, I never noticed this before. It's probably obvious to nerds like Steve, but uh, I think Finn's fucking around on the Millennium Falcon, and he definitely sees like that uh, alien chessboard that they play with before. But then he also finds Luke's training ball and like throws it aside in a huff. Yeah. That's really cool. I never noticed that before. I was like, oh shit, I thought it was bigger. You know? <laughs> it's got to be what that is. He, like zaps him after he throws it. So there's a line from Snoke talking to Kylo Ren uh, where he says, you are the master of the Knights of Ren. And I was like, what the fuck are the Knights of Ren? Yeah, that was a scene that was in the trailer that had like uh, Kylo surrounded by all these other similarly masked characters that didn't make it into the final it's movie. in there a little bit oh, during it? the Force flashback when uh, right, Ray yeah. touches the lightsaber. You're so right. the theory, I don't know how much of this is just if there is what the Knights of Ren are in old literature or on the internet, but I have no idea. But apparently they're students of Luke that defected I think so Kylo Ren didn't kill all the Jedi who were um, hiding with Luke um, and that he is just one of many who turned bad and ran away um, and Kylo recruited them and it's a theory but I don't know I just apparently he's like the master of the Knights of Ren Uh, the other students led by Kylo broke away to form the Knights of Ren inspired by Ren's death and questioning of Luke. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense even reading this, but apparently there's, there is like a Ren that he killed and became the master of, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like being Darth, whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Ren is not Ren's the surname of the order. Exactly. Okay. He's the Kylo. So I would be like Steve Ren. Yeah. (laughs) His his real name's Ben. Ben Ren. That's fucking awful. Ben Ren. That would have been hilarious. It was like, you are the leader of the Knights of Ben. (laughs) That's a really awesome moment, though, when he first sees Kylo on the uh, catwalk. On the catwalk, Ben. 
uh, turn on the catwalk. <laughs> yeah. Too sexy for my saber. <laughs> I just picture them strutting. <laughs> but he says, Ben, and they're like, there's this echo. And it's just mm-hmm. knowing yeah. what happens, it's so heartbreaking. Um, just want to point that out. Since but you know what's going, even seeing it the first time, the second he yells, Ben, yeah. it's like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, like, oh, shit. Yeah. So I had heard a theory with that scene, the death of Han, that, and it's one of the big theories for that, for The Last Jedi, that Kylo is actually a double agent and that he is turning to the dark side to kill Snoke or, you know, from the inside. Um, and he's still got to go through with it because all he sees is the hologram of Snoke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which not a lot of other things make sense, like how vigorously he's fighting with um, Ray. Mm-hmm. they're alone there he doesn't have to do that and he's killing a lot of innocent people but that I like the idea in that one scene because he's like I, there's something I need to do but I'm not strong enough will you help me and there's like this theory that Han literally I have to kill you so I can get yeah, <laughs> helps him stab him by like turning the blade in his hand you know turning it on for him or something mm-hmm. I don't think that that's true I just yeah. really like the, the idea the idea, I like the idea of it too but, mm-hmm. but I, we, I, all, I don't think we don't truck true. with it no no. Steve literally was disdainful. Scoff. <laughs> <laughs> he curled his lip and squinted his eyes. No. No, I'm, I'm saying if, I mean, that's a cool theory. I like the idea of it. But I think uh, Han Solo definitely was surprised that he got that red laser beam stuck through him. <laughs> well, I mean, you could still. Uh, oh, fuck. That hurts so much worse than I thought see, I was going to. Shit, I thought I was prepared. <laughs> exactly. I don't think that that's evidence to the contrary. It'd be hilarious if he yelled that. Oh, fuck. Because I've been punched in the face knowing it was coming before. It's a long story why. It's still shocking, you know. Ah, it hurts so bad. (laughs) Right in the ear. I thought I was ready. I was not. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And we'll go through some more uh, theories here soon. So, eventually, the the First Order refers to the Millennium Falcon as a Cerulean freighter. Yeah. What's that about, Steve? What's what's Cerula? Cerulea? Corellian? Corellian. Yeah, that one. Uh, It's a Toyota Corolla freighter. (laughs) Uh, Corellia is the planet that Han Solo is from, oh. and the that's where the make of that ship is from. Weird. Yeah, you know, they call it. They to call it. A, learn that in the upcoming film. So they call it a YT freighter, I believe. Yeah, a YT freighter. What do you think about Maz uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character? Anybody? Anybody? She's got Bueller? itty bitty eyes. <laughs> okay. Should, her prescription glasses must be a bitch. She's been doing heroin for like 800 years. They're so sunken in. Yeah. <laughs> I love the character, but it's one of, uh, she's one of the most frustrating cuz like when we get to see the uh um or well like she asks like who's the kid? Han's like uh what what's he say to her? Um I don't know. Way to way to start, oh, Andy. What's he say? I wish I could have. So anyway, um, <laughs> she's so frustrating because like when she when uh, Han asks her when where she got the lightsaber and stuff, um, she's like, "That's a good question, but for another time." And like she asks about the backstory for uh, Ray, and and Han is basically like, "That's a good question. We'll talk about it later." She's one of those characters. She's like. She's the one that knows all the stuff that's been going on for the last 30 years and how, what the fuck the Knights of Ren are and where the fuck Luke's been. She probably had the map the whole time. I bet that's where they got it. (laughs) And so she's just that character. It's like sitting back all smug, like, I know what's up, but she's not telling anybody. And then her whole fucking place gets knocked down. It's like, I I assume that she escaped because you can't kill off Maz because she 
has to have her reunion she's with like chewy good question and that I, is I but for them. another time she reminds me she's the yoda reboot oh, yeah she's um, yoda. so i mean i get that the wise the wizened old creature but does she have sweet. force powers was yoda no. in love with chewy too <laughs> yes he, w- great relations with the wookies he has it's one of the you know destroyed canon books from older that they have a love mm. affair chewy and yoda um, Yoda and Chewie are friends, though. I do love that moment in with, episode three. when Maz is talking to Ray, and she, you know, unfortunately, that she does the lightsaber gag, but um, she has this moment where she reaches Ray, and she's like, "They're never coming back." Mm-hmm. Um, and Ray's like, "Fuck, for real?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, but she always knew that, and it's a very sweet moment. And you just buy anytime in a movie if somebody's like a thousand years old, you're like, "Dude." Tell me some stuff about right. me, even though you just met me. <laughs> if somebody was really a thousand years old, they'd probably just be crazy as shit. Yeah. Been drunk as hell for 920 of those. But we'd be like, what do you got to say? And they'd be like, ah, Cheetos are fucking sweet. <laughs> they are. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, we just trust old Ma. Even she's literally been in like an alien strip club for <laughs> most of that time. This is her watering hole. I love her her uh, her uh, little castle she has too because they've got like an open bonfire and it's a real like niche p- place in a galaxy that has all sorts of it's crazy a throwback to the, the yeah. New Hope bar, right? the cantina, yeah, the cantina, yeah. yeah. I was kind of hoping that they had a uh, finger Dan in the middle notes playing like they did in uh, New Hope. You're talking about the CG. Uh, re-released version no right? <laughs> that fucking girl with the mouth thing slice that noodles snout. yeah no I believe, oh I my believe. god what's her name slice noodles slice noodles yeah oh my god and the little elephant the little elephant guy the blue elephant guy <laughs> has a keyboard that's Max Rebo and that's his band the Max Rebo band <laughs> well I dig Max Rebo yeah but it's the lady going <laughs> she's got the crazy like lips that are like on a straw yeah. that come out of her mouth yeah, that was not a good look. That's probably my least favorite addition to the <laughs> special editions. Uh, what yeah, about Ray's vision? Uh, did you guys pick up on anything there? Because it's baffling to me every time. I do hear both Ewan McGregor and Guinness's voice. So Ray. both versions of Obi-Wan. Apparently he's saying, are you afraid? Mm-hmm. And they just took the Ray part of afraid to have him say Ray, which is fucking really? awesome. Yeah. Fuckers. Because it actually cool. is Alec Guinness's yeah. voice. Don't be afraid. Come here. <laughs> what, how cool would it have been if Matthew Modine had been in the vision? <laughs> Hello, Eleven. Oh, shit. Sorry, this is not the right place. I am woefully unprepared. Would you like some LSD? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've taken some. Oh, good. Just give Maz out of my best. <laughs> um, that, that vision's the only time we get the... Uh, the glimpse of the Knights of Ren and that part's fucking awesome. And then like the, uh, cloaked Luke robot arm touching, uh, R2 mm. is awesome. And I think that that's Feels. gonna be, maybe we'll get to see the actual, what happened there. Cause that's gotta be like the, you go this way, I'm going that way. Take the map. You know, I think they have that shot in the new trailer for oh, do they? the last Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Totes my goats. Tits. I love that when Maz tries to hand her the lightsaber back, even after convincing her that there's nothing for her on Jakku, right after the vision, you know, it's like after doing LSD for the first time, you don't do it again for a couple years. Yeah. She's like, fuck that. I am never touching that again. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yep. Uh-uh. <laughs> but she do. 
Uh, I just got a few more notes to blaze through before we get to and theories on the last Jedi. Bitch to Finn, like you have the eyes Maz of or, someone that's gonna run or something. Something fucked up and shitty. And he's like, "You don't even fucking know me." Yeah, she old is. Lady, I don't care that you're a thousand. Fuck Cheetos. I don't appreciate your animosity towards mods, Andy. It's like nobody hates the Oracle in the Matrix, even though everybody, she's body. The second Oracle. Everybody no, hates I'm her. talking about the when first, the first oracle. What's really going to cook your noodle is if you'd have broken it if I hadn't mentioned it. You know, and you're like, bitch. But at the same time, you're like, that's awesome. She's baking cookies, but she knows the future. Mm. She says exactly what you need to hear as Morpheus explained to you, Andy. And that's what Miles I mean, is doing. Finn was trying to run in that moment. Yep, sure was. He was trying to turn tail. He was the like only one there who was like, am I the only one who does not want to go back to Jakku? I like how Finn is like so badly scared of the First Order that he's like willing to be a bandit with this giant alien dude. <laughs> Heard you going to the outer rim. I'm like, Finn, you need to really learn more about that guy. He's going to be going to your outer rim in you a don't second. Speak that language right. You could be the ship's butt boy for all you know. Heard you got some work for me? <laughs> yeah. Passage on my ship's going to cost you. Did Mars explain the full responsibilities of your... I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, and that giant crazy alien with like the hot chick laying on him. What's up with that? And she like uh, strokes his broken horn. Dude, that guy's a dime. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot of money. It's like the um, job of the hoot. That's what it is, right? Job of the hoot. Oh um, no, it's Jabba the Hoot. That <laughs> completely undercuts any menace that's into that character if his name was Hoot. Instead of Hut. I don't know why. Because he's a Hoot. He's, he's a guy who likes to party. Steve loves it. See? He's a Hoot. I love a that guy. He's feeding people with rancors. I love that dude. Jabba right. the Hoot. So a few more a few more quick notes on the movie, and then we can move on to prediction of the last Jedi. Uh, the score during the first firing of the Star Killer is amazing. Uh, the reunion of Han and Leia really reached a lot of people. Hmm. Uh, did not for me. I love that their relationship is one that I have experienced of two people that really love but also hate one another, and they do a good job of conveying that. But I don't know. For me, there just wasn't. I felt more with a hug between. Ray and Finn than I did the embrace of Han and Leia and I don't know why. It's the biggest missed opportunity in that movie that she hugs Ray instead of Chewie. Yeah. I uh, agree. After the death of Han. Yes. And Chewie just like blazes right past her. I know mm-hmm. and he goes you can see him just standing in yeah. the crowd like he's, he's yeah. in there like yeah we totally blew up circular base. He's just Han. telling his bros yeah. Dude then I was like pew pew because I had this crossbow thing. Dude then Han goes down I'm like He's like embellishing. And I'm like, no, Han, don't Don't. do it. You better not. But you know how my man Han is. He likes to do it solo. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Chewie. Some chick over there. He's like, yeah, I kind of blew up the base. It's no big deal. He's on his phone like, Maz, Maz will call you back. (laughs) Maz. You got that blow I ordered? Yeah, the... uh, the reunion between those two characters is a little stilted. I agree with that. Um, 
and you know their, their conversation I do love C-3PO that, that's like yes because it's kind of it's like oh my god they're about to uh, Han Solo <laughs> it's me C-3PO probably <laughs> didn't recognize me with my red arm <laughs> that's probably legitimately the funniest C-3PO has ever been in any single film it you may not awesome. recognize me because of my red arm <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good line that is good you're right I, uh, I think he's downright annoying in some other films personally oh, for sure okay that's not new no 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 for sure <laughs> he's in my favorite Star Wars scene ever when he's telling the uh, story of Star Wars to the Ewoks to the Ewoks oh. it is fucking awesome I <laughs> love got the that sound scene. effects and the Ewoks are just so into some it some of our listeners may not know Andy is somewhat of a sacrilegious lover of the Ewoks I like Ewoks. Uh, well, that's one of those things. Like, did you? Were, Andy's were favorite you film six? is Return of the Jedi. That's not my favorite film. That's my favorite Star Wars. That's film. what I meant. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, were you six when you saw uh, the Phantom Menace? Then you probably like Jar Jar. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, I was six when I saw Return of the Jedi. So fuck yeah, I like Ewoks. Teddy bears. Well, fuck yeah. What's weird? I I was young when I saw Phantom Menace. Like Jar Jar when I saw it. I hate him now. Ewoks I saw when I was six. I still love Ewoks. I'm, shh, the rebellion would have failed without them. And yeah. he's like, is I mean, that Sleepy Bear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sunshine. <laughs> but so the reunion between Han and Leia um, was <laughs> definitely a failure. But um, I was, it was what was way more affecting to me was after Han dies and Leia feels it. Yeah, and I do she, love that moment. She like collapses a Through the bit. force. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a huge... Um, I wept at that part. Mm-hmm. A debate online, not anymore, it was two years ago, but a lot of critics pointed to a scene, I think I disagree, but they took issue when Han is first penetrated yeah. <laughs> with oh, the wow. saber okay. through the chest. Oh, for a second, I thought we were going into some weird... Uh, <laughs> so when Han's Indy first killed, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> the second Han dies, it cuts to Ray and Chewie's reaction. Yeah. And the line that I read recently was, uh, you know, basically, fuck JJ for not trusting the audience for telling them how to feel instead of giving that character his moment in his own death that it cuts to the reactions of other characters to tell the audience how to feel my biggest problem with cutting to that reaction and i I disagree with that statement because Mm -hmm. the other characters are allowed to feel things too and you Mm -hmm. should show their reactions especially fucking chewy I don't like that they're like (laughs) oh no and they're literally standing there with their hands on the rail like not doing anything, not even like physically emoting like dismay at all. Like it's like they're chilling, like waiting for their cue, and then JJ is like, "All right, and now." And there's like, ah. <laughs> Otherwise, they were just chilling. What did you want? Like when like some the viper some gets sort of killed shot. in Game of Thrones and his wife's reaction? Sort of. Maybe no. That's a little too much. Um, oh God! I, I would. Jesus. What I would have liked was uh, less. Of that shot because it lingers on them a little too long, and I think that's part of my problem with it. Is it gives me enough time to look around to what they, where they are, how they're standing, etc. Again, I've seen it a bunch of times, but it just lingers too long. I think he does get his moment in his own death, though. Like, and when he touches, yeah, when he touches Kylo's face, that is his moment in his death. And you can still see a lingering light in Kylo afterward Mm. um, that I love. Anyway, I just want to see what you guys thought about that. Um, mm, yeah. uh, you know what I'm talking about with the handrail thing at all? No, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's just... Um, um, I like Chewie's was like uh, heart-wrenching, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I can't do a Chewie scream, but... Uh, he's, yeah, he's like... <laughs> ah! 
or whatever. Like he, he's like, it's kind of like an angled. Like she would. I just don't understand. Horrified. He's horrified. Like she would let go of the rail. Like what she's doing with her. If anything, she would grip it tighter. Uh, and she's just in shock. He's still impaled. I mean, the saber's sticking out of him. There's nothing they can do. I don't know. Maybe if she had raised her other hand and put that on the rail too and leaned forward and screamed or something. She's know. like giving Kylo the finger. She's like, <laughs> Fuck you. She's got to hold the gun so they can shoot all the stormtroopers. I don't know. True. I think that's like such a dumb argument though. The, the writer, not Andy. Mm. Um, just cause. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> no, just because like, like Andy said, like the characters are allowed to react to Han Solo's death and it would be kind of weird if he gets impaled by the lightsaber you know, falls to his death and then it goes to Chewie like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, he is dying. Oh, no. I, th- I thought he was going to make it. Steve <laughs> works and makes a living as a film editor. So maybe that's, you're looking from editing. Like yeah. the editor put that in like, okay, we got to get what these characters are doing. Because the, 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 the impact of that, the, the emotional gut punch is when he gets lightsabered. Mm-hmm. It's not when he falls. I mean, falling is pretty big, but the climax of that is him getting the sword. Absolutely. Through. So of course the characters are going to react to that and not the uh, uh, right it just doesn't have the same impact if you're gonna no, include, I, agree. I mean if, if that is if you're gonna have the cutaway shots if you're not gonna do cutaway shots then yeah don't do them but i feel like that would betray the characters if you don't show chewy at least reacting to you're right Solo's death. you have to show chewy and then he they show him all sad again later when mm-hmm. they return um so there was a to, on a cheery moment after they they rescue ray uh, which she actually saves herself, but then she gets a ride home from them. Basically, they're yeah. like the Uber, the rescue crew Uber. Yeah. Right. But it's cold on the Starkiller base planet, and something I've never noticed before is when they're going to put the bombs in. Ray is wearing Finn's jacket, which is adorable. No. <laughs> He's a gentleman. The reason I noticed was because Chewie hands Han his jacket, and Andy pointed that out to me. It's like, oh yeah, it's really cold there because uh, Chewie mentioned that earlier. And then so I was like, but Ray's gonna freeze to death. All she's got is a weird arm wraps and the sleeveless sweater. And then she, but she's wearing Finn's jacket, and that's adorable. And she accepted it, so we know what that means. Uh, slow. She was cold. <laughs> yeah, she was cold. Um, and then, okay, there's a line from Kylo where he says, "I'm being torn apart," which is kind of like the room. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. No, it's kind of like. Doesn't Anakin say that in the prequels? I to to Natalie Portman. I'm sure he does at some point. I can't think of him saying exactly. In some way, he probably does. I don't know if he says that exact words. I think he does. I'm being... I know he like when he's lamenting about how he doesn't believe the Jedi Order is working in the way that he feels is right. Um, he's lamenting about it in some way about he's conflicted, but I don't know if he says specifically I'm being told. I'm conflicted. He's, I'm being conflicted. Th- it's after lots of therapy, Anakin. I'm just conflicted. The Jedi turned against me. No, I think it's after he kills the fucking sand people. Um, what are they called? Sand yeah, people. Sand people. Tusk, oh. Tuscan Raiders. Tuscan but Raiders. Sand, but people, also, they're also called sand people. Okay. Yeah. I didn't sound like such a douche there. That's no, awesome. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you uh, know, I think I know what you're talking about. And he's confessing to uh, Padme that he... What yeah, he's like doing that stupid fucking Hayden drool and yeah. like the watery eyes that doesn't isn't a candle to the flame of Daisy Ridley. Torn apart. He is actually <laughs> my joke about the room is kind of accurate. Like Hayden Christensen is the Tommy Wiseau. I did not. It's bullshit. I did not. Hello, Kaigan. Oh, hi, Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how's your sex life? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, hi, kitty. Uh, anyway. Your dog, so, is it a real thing? <laughs> um, so my did favorite... Hear, wait, I'm sorry. Did you hear the news today that came out that Tommy Wiseau wants to direct a Star Wars movie? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> oh, my God. I would watch that. Um, my favorite part of the film is the battle at the end between uh, Kylo and Rey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your favorite part of the movie? I think so. Awesome. I mean, there's a lot of good character moments, but as far as like action, uh, mm-hmm. I just love that where... And a lot of people hate it, how quickly that she's able to master the force and overpower Kylo, who's so well-trained and famously powerful. And also just got shot in the gut with a bowcast. He's extremely wounded. Yeah. Uh, and I love how he punches the wound. It's like anger drives his power. And mm-hmm. Andy pointed that out after our first viewing. I was like, what the fuck was he doing? That's not how you treat a wound like that. He's like, no, he was punching it so he could feel the pain and gather strength from it. Yeah. Like, wow. Um, but I love that. And that shot when they are uh, saber to saber and it's almost like police lights because the red and blue is flickering mm-hmm. on both of their faces and you can see the light and dark present in both of them because they're both like partially red, partially blue um, because there's a fan theory going around that Ray will eventually turn to the dark side and that Kylo will eventually turn to the light side or some form of that. And so thinking with that in mind, I was trying to, to see the light play on their faces. And I definitely saw some sort of gray Jedi element there mm-hmm. at the very least. Um, but just that whole sequence is just really well choreographed. And, and it's so triumphant when she closes her eyes, much like Luke used to have to do. Yes. And just overpowers that motherfucker. And then That's, the fear in his eyes that she feeds on to further defeat him is just awesome. That's such a great moment when, like, when she closes her eyes and she gets, and you get the swell of... Uh, John Williams music coming out mm-hmm. and then she finally like and he's so whiny out. which like uh, emphasizes her you. strength you need a teacher <laughs> I could show you the ways of the force <laughs> and we could like watch Netflix or something later if you're down maybe <laughs> <laughs> you've seen the size of my saber I, I about jumped out of my seat in joy when um she force calls the lightsaber. I know, and she's like double his power because she's yeah. farther away, and he's and so not only does she beat him, but she's got to do it harder because she's farther yeah, away, way harder. <laughs> <laughs> it took Luke like a couple movies to be able to do that. And when mm-hmm. we were watching the movie a little bit ago, I, I and I, every time that scene happens, I'm just like, "Fuck yeah!" yeah. <laughs> every time, that's the part. <laughs> that's the part. <laughs> Yeah, I just I love that sequence. I think it's amazing, and I cannot wait to see more of Ray with and the lightsaber. That's such a cool sequence because not only it it looks it, visually it's so neat, like the how they're in a forest with snow because yeah. it's evocative of the snow planet from Empire Strikes Back, but it's different where it's got like this kind of haunting, mysterious shadow cast from all the the dead trees that they're fighting amongst, and it's just such a visually pleasing scene mm-hmm. to watch. I love that scene so much. Do you have a favorite? scene in the movie um in terms of action yes my well i have a favorite scene regardless but my my favorite action scene is when they're piloting the millennium falcon out of off of jakku mm-hmm. there's that original dog fight with the tie fighter and they're flying like really low just the way that they edit that and they have the 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 music swells and like they she turns the engine off and kind of like flips it upside yeah. down so that ray has the line of shot and like bullseye as the TIE fighter and then just quickly turns the engines back on and she's back in control like that part is like fuck yes yeah, oh, she's Star very, Wars is back she, she's very <laughs> uh, what's the word when you think on your feet she's very resourceful there you go that's the paint that's the thing 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so my favorite, um, I'm, my favorite moment is definitely um, her eating the, uh, the, eating, the, the eating, eating, eating the food while she's wearing the helmet because that's just the sweetest thing ever. But uh, her interrogation scene um, with after she's captured by Kylo Ren is phenomenal. Where she's like, "Wakes up, where am I?" He's like, "You're my guest." It's like, I'm glad you brought you're, that you're, scene up. You're because afraid. And she's like, that, that'll happen when you're being chased by a masked man. And he takes off his mask. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, fuck. He's like handsome and normal looking. And, you know, he's not the fucked up, crusty old white guy that hey, is Darth I Vader. wasn't familiar with Adam Driver yet when I saw this film because mm-hmm. I didn't watch Girls. So I was really shocked to see that he, yeah, yeah it was a pretty good looking dude. And the way he unmasks himself is so, like, it's not super dramatic. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, here I am. Oh, okay. Well, uh, and then he's all soft spoken stuff like, tell me about the droid. And yeah. it's fucking brilliant. Um, but a lot of people have read into that scene that there is a lot of sexual tension between Ray and Kylo, which I had never thought of or noticed before. So I, I watched it particularly with that in mind. And so there's another fan theory that they will hook up either when he turns good or she turns bad or maybe not. It would be like a, a Montague and Capulet thing. A ben Jr. Because he takes off his helmet and he only does that for Snoke, his father and Ray for, and he just met her. So there's like some evidence that he is smitten by her. Hmm. Um, and obviously decides to capture her, which is a really stupid idea. Like I, we don't need the droid. I'm just going to take the hot chick. It's fine. <laughs> well, he can, he, he's kind of, uh, I think thinking more into his own power. Cause mm-hmm. you know, That's true. we can't forget that Kylo Ren is actually pretty powerful in very unique ways to mm-hmm. the force. Cause he can kind of, he puts her to sleep, which I've never seen any force user do. Yeah, puts her to sleep. He can seemingly like go into people's mind and like extract information mm-hmm. from them. And then he can also stop laser bolts with his mind too. Mm-hmm. Like in the very beginning, there's that like laser Love beam that, that gets shot at him Such and cool he shot. just freezes it for a solid five um, minutes mm-hmm. before he lets it lets it go and it scares the shit out of Finn. Yeah, that's an awesome um, moment. Yeah, so he's got like considerable power. It just seems to be in um you know, kind of oddball ways that we haven't seen so far in the Star Wars universe. I remember someone in the theater when uh, when we saw it uh, when it first came out. When he stops that thing, someone in the front was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love seeing premieres of huge franchises for that reason. You get those legitimate communal reactions. So let's uh, <laughs> let's transition into theories or in, uh, lingering questions on the film and theories as far as what we think is going to happen in the Last Jedi. Well, real quick, real quick, mm-hmm. what was your favorite part, Chris? That, that fight between Ray and oh, okay. Um, that's my. I mean, that's where I just really. I mean, there's a few emotional moments. Um, a really weird spot. I can't recall where I cry. That the, the nostalgia is huge, mm. and it's not when. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's all right. It's not when Han enters the Millennium Falcon and says we're home, but that's a good one. But it's something like that where I was lifting weights earlier, like I said, and I was looking and I just stopped and started like crying. Like, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> um, I, that was my, my moment for that was when uh, Luke Skywalker appears at the very end. Because mm. that's such a long stare down. I, every time I it watch is. it, it gets longer and longer. It is. But like. You know, when, upon first viewing, not only was I like off the high, like this movie was so good and I'm yeah. so happy it exists. But also when I was a kid, Luke Skywalker was like my superhero. I like mm-hmm, I sure. like I mean, I liked superheroes and stuff back then, but Luke Skywalker was like God to me. Mm-hmm. He was Jesus. And so him turning around and like taking off his hood, I'm like, it's him. With the robotic arm yeah. and 
Yeah. I, I, I love Mark Hamill. And she holds out his saber and he's like, ah, I'm going to have to take it. Ever tell you guys a story about when I met Mark Hamill? No. Um, Was so, it like the Joy Fatone thing? Huh? Was it like the Joy Fatone thing? He was wearing like a Star did, Wars shirt. You didn't shirt. recognize <laughs> no. him until later? No, I paid money to meet him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was at that same Star Wars convention, though, and uh, uh, we're waiting in line, and, you know, he's got, like, a handler with him that he's sitting down with. <laughs> like, a fluffer. I, I know what you fluffer. mean. <laughs> he's, like, softly jerking him off as he talks to people. <laughs> no, he's got this handler, and there's these these two people in front of us. Um, it's, a, it's a younger couple. And they're clearly like huge fans of him, but mostly because of his work as the Joker from the Batman animated series. So they ask him to do the Joker voice and he kind of dips into this like (laughs) Joker voice, which is which is really, really cool to like kind of be present for. But then they leave. And as soon as they like get out of earshot before he even acknowledges us, uh, he turns to his handler and goes, man, that girl was pretty hot. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, well. So did that kill the heroism for you? No, I still love Luke Skywalker. Sure, but... Did you walk off like she was hot, wasn't she? (laughs) (laughs) My name's Steve. That's one of those moments where I was kicking myself like, fuck, I should have said that. Yeah, damn it. I would have gotten in. I I could have been hanging out, me and the handler jacking him off all night. (laughs) Okay. um, Yeah, let's move into... I I found this uh, blog enemy.com I don't know what it is whatever but it's the best amalgamation of uh, the theories that I could find but there's a lot of pop-ups so I might stutter at some point uh, so number one is that Ray will lose a limb and the scientific evidence behind this theory is a bit stupid but in the second episode of each trilogy someone has lost a limb I think someone loses an arm in almost every Star Wars like all of them Every individual installment? I think so. Yeah. Um, well, the dude, the the dude, dude in the get... bar uh, in the cantina in episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, Han in, or not Han, Luke in the second one. In Vader in the third one. In the third one. Um, um, <laughs> I mean, uh, Darth Maul gets his entire half cut off, if you count that. Yeah. In uh, Phantom Menace, Anakin get, loses and, both limbs and in episode two and three. And in uh, three, he also cuts off both hands of uh, Count Dooku. Count Dooku, yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, losing arms is like a, a, a recurring thing in every Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, I mean, you kind of have to have that when you have lightsabers, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> We're all like, yeah, I just yeah, want to see someone weird. lose a finger like, oh, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> I loved how the, the like side so spokes worse. of Kylo's saber poked into Finn's shoulder when mm-hmm. they're fighting. He's like, what are those for? Oh, the dirty, guard? dirty, yeah. Well, supposedly what it is is that he um, didn't never got a lightsaber. Like part of the training of uh, Jedi, like back when Jedi Temple was a thing, mm-hmm. was like the process of getting your kyber crystal and creating your lightsaber. And he didn't get that. And so his lightsaber is fucked up and broken. And yeah. that's why there's like wires running down it and stuff. Like and the, this the is, beam looks more unstable. Kylo's yeah. lightsaber has like a more dangerous looking beam where it kind of flickers a little bit. Yeah. Because this is a this is a bastardized version of a lightsaber that he didn't really know how to make. Which is why he really wants that one. So those are one. like vents that are coming out the side. Oh. Like, yeah. That's a cool That version. worked to his advantage. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Get this. Uh, then... Again, there's a lot of pop-ups on this uh, bullshit blog. Uh, the Jedi Order is going gray. Have you heard about this one, Steve? I, I, I have not. I'm woefully unprepared when it comes to fan theories because I've been trying to not color my own. Do you not want to hear these? No, I want to hear them for the show, but like I, I 
I, 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 normally, I don't even watch trailers normally. I just love the listeners that much. I'm doing this shit. Uh, <laughs> the Jedi is an archaic order with regressive values that inevitably led to its own destruction. That's a quote from a Redditor who posited this theory. So a new gray order is needed, which is why Luke says the Jedi must end in the film's trailer. So not so much end for good, but basically change. They're the changing can, to the Medi. Which <laughs> so the the gray Jedi has always been a Luke Skywalker thing though right where he's got elements of the dark side of the Force that's what Brad always says Luke Sky Luke Sky Skywalker has dipped to the dark side before and come has come back right then that's what a gray Jedi can do like mm-hmm. use dark shit and but I wouldn't say like that's something he like would dip back and forth and willy nilly he like, sure he like willy nilly yeah <laughs> very responsible dark dipper he did it one time and it took a lot out of him and he he learned from it. So he goes on, Luke now knows that the Jedi are just as much of a cancer to the Force as the Sith are, and that Force-sensitive people will need to be trained in a totally new way. The theorist reckons that Force users ought to allow themselves to be pulled in both directions. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Uh, And then, could this be true? Quite possibly. Ray actor Daisy Ridley recently teased, this is the second of three films, so there may be a lot of gray that's very exciting. You stupid. I hate blogs. This is the second of three (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, spoiler alert. Whoa. (laughs) This is the second of three films. Guys, I wasn't ready. I I thought this was the last Jedi. Pretty valid, though. Like, the whole. Trailers often, you know, lead you astray. And I think something like that with that line could be true, where he's like, the Jedi must end. And he's like, and we're going to start the blah, blah, you know? (laughs) Oh, that's not so bad. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Ray is Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter. That's one of my one. favorite, most likely theories. That's what I want. So yeah. Ray's parentage is one of the biggest lingering questions from The Force Awakens. And that's the one that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to know who the mama is. Probably Skundar from the planet Kinkak. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm I can make shit up and you wouldn't know because you didn't read all the books. Skundar <laughs> from Kinkak. Do you know? No, no, it's probably the, the chick from Clone Wars, the, the, the woman who runs Mandalore. I forget her name, but oh God. That, that was his romantic interest in Clone Wars. And as far as I know, the only real romantic interest Obi-Wan Kenobi ever had but that's kind of a deep pool for the movies. Be like, yeah, her mom was this obscure character you can only see in a children's show. <laughs> well, that would be her grandmother. So she, yeah. she's way too oh, young to oh, be for gran- Obi-Wan's oh, see, I'm, kid. I'm, yeah, I'm, Kenobi would be the granddaughter, which the reason why that's awesome, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. She has the same version of the Force, sort of, that Ben Kenobi did. Like, uh, you know, these are not the droids they're looking for. She does that to... Uh, Stormtrooper, who coincidentally is actually Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig in Trooper. that suit. Yeah, uh, but Daisy Ridley's character Ray does that in mm-hmm. Force Awakens, and I don't think anybody else. I think Luke maybe does it in Return of the Jedi. Uh, yes, he does. He does it to Bid Fortuna. Uh, and <laughs> Bid Fortuna. Uh, <laughs> and, did you uh, say Bumblebee Tuna? Bumble Bumble Sticks <laughs> guy in uh, in uh, Attack of the Clowns. You don't want to sell me dust sticks. Yeah. I don't want to sell you dust sticks. Uh, you want to go home and rethink I want to sell you weed. <laughs> he just keeps trying all the different drugs he has. <laughs> you don't want to sell me weed. I want to sell you crack. Oh, uh, that would be really And eventually, good. he's like, good. wait, you got crack? <laughs> <laughs> Come here. You want to give me free crack? <laughs> um, I had to look up that guy's name because I remember he, that character, Death Sticks guy, had a really funny name, and it's uh, Alan Slizabagano. <laughs> Slizabagano. <laughs> hey, I'm going to buy Death Sticks. Who's your dealer? 
It's Sleaze Magana. <laughs> Just some asshole. Just give me his number. So if she is Ben Kenobi's granddaughter, that would mean that the battle between her and Kylo is an echo of the battle of Ben Kenobi and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. The grandchildren duking it out. That's awesome. I like that. Um, so I'm rooting for that to be true. My biggest pet peeve with the film is that she's on Jakku and somebody who loved her left her there. Like if you, I understand, like I can't be with you to save your life. I am too much drama. Like I get that. But like, wow, leave her on. Why not Coruscant in a nice condo? You just put her up there. I think we've talked about this well, before. Well, Coruscant's a dangerous place. Okay. It's, it's got a little inner city. I'm sure there's like a suburb planet. Naboo? You know? <laughs> Alderaan? Oh. Uh, yeah, Naboo. That's a good one, Andy. Yeah. Hanging out with Portman and her lookalike handmaidens. Yeah. That's a good one. What's Naboo up to nowadays? <laughs> I want to see how this uh, imperial economy has been to Naboo. I want to see the Star Wars. The Star Wars sitcom spinoff. <laughs> Damn. Got dark on Naboo. <laughs> well, have you ever seen, um, there's a guy, uh, he goes by the name Adiwan. Um, and he takes the original films and he does his own version of special editions where he try to he tries to have this like really cool kind of like happy medium between the special editions and the original versions mm-hmm. where he does a lot of color correcting. But he also adds his own special effects, which are surprisingly really, really well done. Like he adds blinking to the rubber masks and stuff yeah. of the characters. Oh, cool. But when Alderaan blows up, he adds this. It's probably the worst scene he adds himself, but it's a shot from like the planet where it's uh, Jimmy Smith's um, like on his like patio from episode three, but Jar Jar, the back of Jar Jar Binks is looking at him and they both like look off in the sunset as this beam comes from the sky. And then it's like that shot from Armageddon where like the ground just kind of like coming up closer and closer and explodes. So it's like he makes it very, very clear that George Jar Jar's dead. Yeah. Dies on Alderaan. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I think people would love that. Yeah, canon. Check it out. Addy one edits. I think he finished Empire. I don't know if he ever finished Return of the Jedi because it takes him like five years to edit these. Mm-hmm. Like he makes his own miniature models and shit too, and they're really well done. Like the space battle and A New Hope looks amazing with his edit. It's incredible what he was able to accomplish on his own free time. Mm. Do you guys think that Finn could be a Jedi? No. No? Just let out. I, don't, I just don't like it. I don't like it either. <laughs> Somebody else asked me that, and I was like, ah. And you were like, fuck you, man. You know what? Why do we hang out? Is that what you said? <laughs> Why are you my brother? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't like it. How are we related? I, 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 I think, don't know. Um, I don't know about that one. Kylo Ren being a double agent. See, there's this theory again on here. It's, it's like Han killing was equivalent to Snape killing Dumbledore in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Fuck, spoiler, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Spoiler for that uh, seven-year-old movie. Yeah. Uh, movie, sir? Movie. And, well, yeah, the book's like, what, 12 years old at this point? Yeah. Uh, how about the origin of Snoke? Does anybody have any... I mean, we've all read the theories probably, but what do you think? Steve, who do you think Snoke is? Man, I don't know. I've seen a lot of crazy theories out there as to who Snoke is, but um, I, I kind of think it's just going to be a completely brand new... It's just a brand new character. He's just a guy. You think so? Yeah, just because I think Disney's really trying to make their own thing, and I don't... And some of the, the people that I've seen kind of brought up as potential... Like, like what about Darth Plagueis? That's pretty cool. Well, Darth Plagueis is not... A, he's not... Uh, well, no, he's canon. He's canon, but I don't know if his backstory is canon anymore because his backstory is that he's, he's not a human. Palpatine killed him, right? Yeah, Palpatine kills him. He was Pal- Palpatine's uh, master, but he's not a human. Snoke, uh, 
Plagueis wasn't a human. Neither is Snoke. He looks like a prune. Well, he looks like a human <laughs> that would like survived a horrible fire. Like he was just in a fire and survived. He kind of looks like the butthole face guy from Preacher. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's any canon right now uh, as to what uh, race Plagueis, Plagueis is or was. Mm-hmm. Um, just all we, the, I think all that counts as canon right now is he his, men, his mention of him in um, Revenge of the Sith. Because in the old, because he has his own book. Uh, they made a book about him and I read it. Um, but again, I don't know if it's canon anymore because it came before they decided all that stuff wasn't canon anymore. But he was a, a moon uh, alien, which is like that alien that has like a elongated gray face. I think the International Banking Clan members from Attack of the Clones are moons. Mm. And uh, he was like way more instrumental. Like he's pretty much the one that got Palpatine to be um, the chancellor. And he he was alive right up until like Revenge of the Sith. Like he was actually alive that whole time. And mm. then Palpatine killed him. Uh, but I, I don't think it's Plagueis. Like I really think I really don't think it's him. Uh, I've also heard Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah, that's is, fucking absurd. It's absurd, but kind of fun. So th- there's a couple theories. One, the Darth Plagueis thing, and I have a second one I like more. Uh, but this one is that Snoke is the original dark side force user. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. Use her. Use her. Which makes sense because they're kind of like the, the, the Starkiller base is like the, the Death Star, but bigger. And like, so Snoke is like, he's like a Palpatine, but too bigger. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I totally get that. So like Palpatine found a way to free him in the event of his death or something. He's been like trapped somewhere and he's still in a weak physical state, which is why he needs Kylo, blah, 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 blah. But I like that Darth Plagueis created Snoke and is not Darth Plagueis. I never knew. I don't know the backstory of Plagueis because I don't read the stuff. But apparently Plagueis was always on this mission to create some form of dark life. And the experiment failed. He's uh, credited, he, he and Palpatine in the old canon was credited as giving birth to Anakin Skywalker. Well, it says here, Plagueis attempted to create life, but the experiment ended up being a failure because the Force sensed what he was doing and created Anakin in retaliation. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's why he was born without a father. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, he's like the dark Jesus of Star Wars. <laughs> so, oh my God, for the God. same reason, when Snoke was created, he came out wrong, which is why he looks like a prune. After Palpatine killed Plagueis, Snoke fled beyond the galaxy and has only returned now that Palpatine is dead. I like that for what Snoke is up to. Um, there's another another absurd theory was, do you remember um, in... Kind of looks like Anakin's mom from the prequels. What, Snoke? <laughs> yeah. Like 20 years later, you know. <laughs> what is What was Shmi up to? Just don't blow on, pa- on Tatooine. This is what happens to you. She died, though. She was... Chew and chaw, and she survived, and that's just the scars or uh, what happened with the sand people. If, if Anakin would have just like calmed his little tits a little bit, he would have realized that his mom just needed to go to a I'm, hospice. I'm oh, yeah. fine. I just need medical attention. Anakin, why are you murdering all those children? <laughs> why is his mother Matthew Modine now? Oh, hello. You you caught me. I'm I, just, <laughs> I thought I would sneak in. <laughs> hello again. Okay, so who? What's the other crazy Snoke theory? So do you remember uh, Revenge of the? Sith Uncle where, Owen? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in Revenge of the Sith where he attacks the, the Jedi Academy and it's Order 66 and they're killing all the Jedi and there's that scene where uh, Anakin goes into the uh, the council chambers and all the younglings are there and that yeah. one little boy goes, Master Skywalker, <laughs> what are we going to do? And they just menacingly anoint a lightsaber at a kid. Yeah. Um, that kid's wearing like 
golden robes uh-huh. and so someone put like a side-by-side comparison of that kid and snoke i was like oh, this is it this is it guys that kid survived and grew up to be snoke it's like i'm in sure bring it i don't know that kid's name bring I'm it on so there. yeah I, never, I forgot that scene anakin's totally like more soup <laughs> No reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're heading towards the end of our Star Wars leading up to the Last Jedi coverage. Does anybody else have any pressing concerns, theories, lovely thoughts that I've interrupted with my bullshit hostery? I just, I'm so excited to see the Porgs. Porgs. Uh, I am a fan of the Porgs. Porgs look adorable. I love Porgs. I want a print of that poster of The Last Jedi where it's just all Porgs. Like, even the background, like a Porg wearing fucking <laughs> Luke's uh, robe, hood, and shit. And then another theory is that Luke's going to go bad. What do you guys think about that? I hate it. I hate that theory so much. I don't much. think that they... <laughs> I hate it so much. I hate it, too. It doesn't You're make any... Because he's been tempted many times by the dark side and turned it down. Mm-hmm. And one of my mm. things... Have you seen the IMAX posters, though? Uh, I did, but I forget what it is. Luke is in both the light side and dark side right. of the Force posters, so it's weird. Well, he also was a mentor of Kylo at one point, so mm-hmm. it stands with that reason that... It would be too, way too on the nose if that was true, and he was just a yeah. spoiler alert poster. Well, like, one of my concerns when they, when I, like, years ago, when they're like, we're making a new Star Wars film, and it has all the original characters on it, one of my biggest fears, and this is... I, I have to grow up, grow up and learn to live with it, but one of my biggest fears was, like, I don't want to see these superheroes of mine, these like beloved childhood characters, I don't want to see them old and die. I don't want to see that. I mean, if their, if their death is meaningful, like Han Solo's like, okay, that was good. I like that. But I don't want to see like Luke Skywalker of all people who is like this embodiment of like triumphing evil and being a good force for the universe. Just be evil. It would be very cynical, wouldn't it? It would be so cynical and not what Star Wars is to me. And I would hate Hate it. Plus, all the the plot of the first film is to find him, only to have to do battle with him would be strange. Mm. Mm. Snoke is Luke. What do you guys think they're gonna do Snoke? with Luke? Sorry. <laughs> what? Huh? What do you think they're gonna do with Leia? Probably they, some they, terrible Tarkin CG, and then do away. As they need as to possible. find a way to end her story in this yeah. one. Well, they they well, they R. shot R. all of Carrie her. Fisher. They yeah. shot all of her scenes for this movie. Sure, but with the anticipation of her being in the last one, obviously, I I would think so. Unless they planned on killing her from the get go. Well, what I had heard or what I've read is that um, like how the first one was the return of Han more than anything. The second one was going to be more Luke than anything. And then the third was going to be more Leia than anything. Oh, that's so shitty. Yeah. So she kind of missed. We're all going to miss out on that. Um, And um, I've heard some talk about like, will they kill off Leia in some off screen way? And the Star Wars people are basically like, no. Flat out, guys, we'll nip that in the bud. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So they have to do something with her character, and they have to do it with what they already filmed, and that's a really tricky spot to be in. That's weird, though, because they definitely play with that that fear of Leia being killed. Oh, and the in trailers? the trailer, oh, in the trailer that's that trailer is big... nothing but misdirection. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. But it's funny that they they're okay with like pulling on those strings. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I'll, while at the same time, like, no, we're not going to kill her. But what if we did? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would I, I would hate to see her go, but you're right. It, it puts them in such a weird, difficult position. Whatever they did, it was apparently really good because Kathleen Kennedy and many of the producers are on record for saying that they love this cut of the film. 
um, which apparently they would say to sell it. But they also gave Ryan Johnson the green light for his wholly directed by him trilogy. Yeah, his own trilogy. So obviously they love what he did with The Last Jedi. And my theory is that The Last Jedi will be the best of this new trilogy and uh, my favorite Star Wars film of all time. That's my theory. What's your current favorite? I hate to say it. It's very bad. What is it? Rogue One. Really? I yeah. mean, I don't... I, I like Rogue so. One. The reason I like the Rogue One one... <laughs> Rogue One one. It's the most... It's the least childish, I feel like, in that you have lead characters who literally kill people, innocent people. And not, not that I'm like that. Like, I love killing innocent people. I've, <laughs> I've said that on other episodes, actually. People are going to start knocking me down. I just... I think it... I don't... <sighs> It's complicated life. You yeah. know what I mean? And when um, the character has to kill the guy because he knows he's going to spill the beans to the troopers and he's got a bum arm and he can't climb out, you know, mm-hmm. that you can see the pain in his face. He's like, fuck. You know what I mean? And just, I, I just shocked me that they did this in a Star Wars film that Disney would allow it. And yeah. throughout Rogue One, there's trails of that just realism throughout. Um, and it's dark and it's just good. And it's so hope filled though. And you know what's going to happen. Cause like none of these characters can survive cause they're not in four. Yeah. And then the Vader fight at the end. Holy shit. Yeah, you know, that fight's awesome. Amazing. I mean, we did just finish watching the Punisher and technically that is a Disney show. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, technically, I mean, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, just a little added film news. And uh, that's not Star Wars related at all. Did you guys hear that Disney acquired 20th century Fox? Did they officially? I knew they, they were in did. talks for doing that. They actually it's did. It's fucking crazy. So now they own X Men, Marvel crossovers, imminent. I am so. I on the the nerd part of me is like excited for like the potential crossover, but the I'm also sad. I'm like, also what's going to happen with Deadpool? You think they're going to allow more Deadpool rated R movies from well, Disney? That, Disney like owns everything now. I know, that's and that's such crazy. A monopoly. And yeah. yeah, they're it's shitty in a way. Yeah, coming up on like Microsoft territory where they're going to get broken up by the government or something. Yeah. It's going to be insane. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, I mean they should be. <laughs> and the world brought to you by Disney. Okay. Ha, ha, boy. I think that wraps up our Star Wars coverage. Where's the fucking ring? <laughs> oh, oh, gee whiz. If you don't sell out all the Star Wars theater, I'll kill you. <laughs> Stay tuned for our coverage of The Last Jedi. Uh, Andy and I have our tickets for the midnight release next week. Steve, do you? I do. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then maybe that Friday we'll go ahead and record our uh, feedback on The Last Jedi. And we've got a lot more fun episodes coming up. Uh, Black Mirror Season 4 debuts on December the 29th. We are going to do our old school streaming things, binge and nerd balls deep shit on each successive episode mm. of Black Mirror Season I got, 4. I just got chub. Thank you. Mm. Uh, please stay tuned. And please like Carmelita. Email streamingthingspod at gmail.com with all of your thoughts. We need you to make this show better because we are terrible People. I want to know how Star Wars affected you guys. Yeah. Because that's always a fun thing is just to hear if people have some sort of relationship with Star Wars and what that means. Even if you don't have a relationship with Star Wars, what does it mean to you? Send in your favorite Star Wars film and your, all of your best Star Wars memories to streamingthingspod at gmail.com to uh, that email by the time we record the release of The Last Jedi. And we'll pick a few... Um, emails to read and our favorite email that emailer will receive a Star Wars Funko Pop toy just thought of it fuck it oh shit and please send your mailing address with those emails collectible for like two thousand (laughs) dollars fuck yeah it's gonna be Jar Jar no I don't know so yeah do that thank you so much for listening my name is Chris I'm Andy and I'm Steve